Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in again today. It is Tuesday, January 16th. I have a special guest in the building. Goes by the name of Hazel Owens. Hey Hazel. Hello. How you doing today? I'm great, how are you? Oh, I was so nervous, honey. So Why? nervous. It's my first interview and I just I just didn't know how to prepare myself for this. It's okay. Well, yeah. uh, you got to start somewhere. Yes. So just take the edge off. Just flow with it. That's right. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm honored. So, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what it is you do? Well, I um, am an entrepreneur. I started an organization that was birthed April of 2016 called Perfectly Imperfect Incorporated. It's a faith-based organization to promote wholeness for women in mind, body, and spirit by inspiring them to embrace their unique imperfections and the unconditional love of a perfect God. Wow. So, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> wow. Um, and so with Perfectly Imperfect, there is a women's group that meets monthly called Virtue. We meet the last Sunday of every month and have been meeting for a little over a year now. And um, there are workshops that I've taken a pause on. Um, and eventually I will have a private marriage and family therapy practice alongside wow. blogging, social media presence, and paid speaking engagements. Wow, wow. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Yes. Wow, Hazel, that was like a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Very inspiring though. Mm -hmm. Like what motivated you to uh, take this journey? Well, actually, um, I went through counseling myself several years ago and I think just dealing with my own personal traumas and emotional wounds and past hurts, um, seeing what it was like to not only have therapy but have a spiritual component be added to that. I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life. I started taking my walk with God seriously in 2012 and not too long after that I started therapy. Mm -hmm. And so having those two factors um, just play a role in my life. Um, to make some sense of some things that was happening to me from a psychological and emotional standpoint, but also from a spiritual standpoint and how God was still in the midst of all of that. And to come out on the other side and see my life just completely do a 180, I wanted other women to feel the same way I was feeling. Um, I wanted other women to learn to take the mask off and just be who they are designed to be, who God says that they are. And... Um, not feel like that they need to strive for perfection in every area of their life because nobody's perfect. So um, that was the the motivation behind it all. Wow. Wow. And I think a lot of women probably could relate to that. You know, mm -hmm. we all going through something. Mm -hmm. And it's good to see a woman like yourself who's been through some of these things overcome it and just share what she's been through yeah. to inspire the next person. So Amen. I applaud it's, you for that. Thank you. It's not about me, you know, and and... The thing is, is that we go through a lot of things and a lot of times we keep those things to ourselves thinking that nobody else is going through that. Like, this is only happening to me. And nine times out of ten, that's not the case. It right. has happened to somebody else. But we don't share our story enough to be of help to someone right. because we're so afraid of what somebody else may think or what they may say or if they'll even believe us. Right. And so, um, we, you know, for me, it was just about sharing my testimony and... Once I started doing that and being obedient on the times of when to share my testimony, just things just started opening up. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And mm -hmm. thank you um, for sharing that with us. Thank you. You know, um, I would have never 
knew that you would say that much of a mouthful. <laughs> I mean, I've been knowing you for a long time. Your whole life. My whole life. <laughs> I've been knowing you. This is my aunt, y'all. But, like, just to see the woman that you are now is oh, very inspiring. So, amen. Well, I'm glad. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That, that's not my doing. It's the almighty, but I appreciate it. So, you said that you started taking this walk more seriously with God, like, mm-hmm. 2012. Mm-hmm. What inspired that? I got tired. Yeah. I mean, really and truly, like, I just, I was just tired and um, tired of, like, just feeling like life that was, I don't know, I just felt like something was missing. And mm-hmm. while I was still going to church and I just wasn't, like, real serious about it and nothing was making me happy, I was, like, always upset about something. Um, I was wearing this mask, so I was, like, one way in front of one group of people, another way in front of these group of people, then another way in front of my family, and I lost sight of who I truly was. And right. so I think I just got tired, and and my initial thought was, okay, well, maybe I need to do more at church. I, I do a lot in the community. Maybe I need to get more involved at church. And, and even that wasn't enough because my mindset on Christianity and and what it means to be a Christian was coming from a really like poor motives, I guess, um, where I just felt like I needed to be like a, what I call a checkbox Christian, you know, I went to church, check. I was nice to my neighbor, check. I was, you know, I served in a ministry, check, you know what I mean? And, and not really doing it out of the love and reverence for, for God and allowing him to love on me. And so I just got tired and was like, something's got to give, there's got to be a better way to go about this life. Right. And you know you're absolutely right. It's so uh, much hypocrisy, excuse me, hypocrisy mm-hmm. in religion, and it kind of like steers people away from going to church. And it's nice to hear someone else say that, like that they don't want to be that way. Yeah. What advice could you give those struggling in faith and struggling to take that mm-hmm. walk because of all of the hypocrisy? Well, I think what we got to understand is that no church is perfect. Mm-hmm. There was only one perfect person that walked the earth, and his name was Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to understand that a church is is a place for sick people. So um, when you are are sick spiritually or mentally or emotionally, what have you. That is where you can go with other believers who are walking this journey with you. We were not meant to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so not so much worrying about what somebody else is doing or not doing, but staying true to what God has called you to do. Right. Um, I think a lot of times in the church we, and, and, and this is not to downplay church hurt because church hurt is real. And I've seen people, you know, fall victims to church hurt. Um, it is definitely real and I'm not trying to minimize that or make excuses for it. But at the same time, we have to remember that these people who are leading churches, they are human beings. I'm a leader in the church. I'm flawed. And I let it be known to everybody that sit in my classroom or where I'm ministering or speaking at, know that I'm a flawed individual. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm not perfect. I'm not going to claim to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Don't put me on a pedestal. But unfortunately... That is part of the, um, that's part of the, that comes with the territory. It's part of the job. And so because I have taken this walk more seriously and I am in a position where I'm at as far as uh, in the church or whatever the case may be, I do have to be held accountable for my actions. Mm -hmm. So while I say all of that, there are people in positions at church that do need to be held accountable for the things that they do. At the same time, 
um, those of us who are new to the faith and struggling with our faith, we can't let what other people are doing or not doing deter us from from our walk with God. Right. Let God deal with that. Yeah. And you focus on you and do what it is that God is tugging on your heart to do. Right. Now, I know coming up, uh, I remember you just going away to college and you like, <laughs> was like the first one yeah. out of our family to go somewhere. And you was like down here in Indianapolis, you was on your own. Um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about that experience so that I can ask the next question? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so college was, was fun and, and too much fun in some ways. So, um, you know, I my father and I were not on best of terms by the time I left. Um, we, for years, just did not have a great relationship. Um, you know, he abused drugs and alcohol. That brought in all kinds of issues within the house. Um, so it was a lot of like just fighting and fussing that I think many of um, members of our family didn't even know some of the things that was going on, especially during the times where it was just me and my younger brother at home and the older two siblings were out because, you know, they started families and they're doing their thing. Um, there was a lot that was happening that my younger brother and I saw that was just it was just way too much. And so at 18, I knew I had to go somewhere in order to escape what I was dealing with at home. So while in high school, I was involved in everything. Like I worked, I did all kinds of stuff so I could stay away from home. And I knew if I devoted myself to positive things uh, while in high school that was outside of like going to school, my mama would be like, okay, yeah, you can do it. So um, at 18, I had to go, I I needed to leave. So um, literally 30 days after graduating high school, I left and came here and I wild out, <laughs> like completely wild out. Uh, freshman year was dope. Um, I met a lot of new people. I reconnected with some old friends from my old neighborhood, um, and, and it was just amazing. But um, I wild out, and I just partied way too much in college. So freshman year, you know, I, I did more partying than studying. I thought that, well, I didn't really see a, a issue with it, like. Cause I was still making good grades. Mm-hmm. So I was always that smart kid, like, you know, and, and I kind of like took advantage of that mm-hmm. in a sense. And then sophomore year came and I still was doing more partying, but the classes got harder, you know? Right. So I ended up, I, long story short, I flunked out um, and the family just thought I was on a break, but I, I literally got kicked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got kicked out. And then I fought to go back and um, I did all these appeals, got denied a couple times and finally made myself wait back in. And then it became too much because at that point I was needing to live in an apartment. And so trying to work and go to school was just too hard for me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, this time I left on my own instead of getting uh, kicked out. And um, I just focused on work. And so I was struggling, like, I mean, it was it was a grind it was a hustle like I didn't really at one point I didn't have a car um, trying to work and you know public transportation here in Indy at the time was not like public transportation in Chicago or even in Gary I mean it was just it was really cumbersome to get from one side of the city to the other um, and I was still partying like crazy like I was still at I was over 21 so I was always in the club I turn up it was it was was, yeah in and out of unhealthy relationships um being promiscuous just you know doing whatever I felt like doing and at the same time I'm wearing all these masks because I shielded some of that from my family like I've still presented myself to be this 
you know, goody tissue in a sense because that's what they expected me to be. They expected me to be the one that, you know, is going to make good grades and make good decisions and do all these things while in actuality I was down here not making the best decisions. Like Right. But, <laughs> you know, when going stuff. through all this, and this is something that um, I feel like I'm, I'm happy you sharing the story. What made you never come home? I didn't want to <laughs> like I mean, I mean but you know so, like that was a that was a point of time where I probably should have came home the way things were going for me it was that bad where my mother even said Hazel you may need to come home for a year and she was trying to and I was like no I can't do it I think I needed to prove to myself that I could make it on my own mm-hmm. um and I wasn't ready to face my dad mm-hmm. so it was like a both and deal mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'd rather struggle down here than to live in a house that's like chaotic and I got so much anger in me that I don't know what I would do the next time he raised his voice or the next time he tried to put his hands on on her or do something, you know, Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. So I was like, it's best that I stay here. And I needed, like I said, I need to prove to myself too that I can make this work. Right. I can do this. So that right in itself that was a storm now i want you to tell everybody about the rainbow that happened after the storm so tell them about uh some of your successful stories that happened because of it so um you know after going through all of that i I decided to like i said focus on work and uh landed a job in corporate america Mm -hmm. and quickly like very quickly moved up and that did not come without struggle so let me not even like paint this picture like it was like the easiest thing it did not come without struggle um but i started to move up and i was still underpaid even with the type of position that i ended with there um where i'm working alongside people and i took over an avp and a vp's position and yet i'm making intra-level salary like people in the call center are making more than i am sheesh my gosh so I'm sitting here working at in a position where I have leadership, I have some authority, mm-hmm. and I'm being measured against my peers that are making twice as much on the very low end to three times as much as what I'm making. Wow. And it was just, it became unfair. But through that time in corporate, I was able to finish school. So I went ahead and finished my bachelor's and then immediately went into my master's because I just knew I was going to be a corporate trainer. Mm -hmm. That was the path that was set for me professionally Mm -hmm. to become a corporate trainer. And so um, I was grinding, like working my butt off and it and at the same time falling apart. So, I mean, I know you want to like successes, but no, no success comes without struggle. Absolutely. And so... (laughs) So while I am elevating in corporate, I am still struggling in some areas. I'm, I'm fighting against these male egos, Caucasian male egos, and I'm the youngest and only African-American woman in the boardroom. Right. Um, so, you know, I yeah, so there's the, <laughs> these different struggles. Now, I'm also, at the same time, caring for my father, who lived three hours north. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving two times, sometimes three times a month, to go care for him and at the beginning of our journey of being caregiver and care receiver, it was rough because we had to work through our issues and and learn forgiveness and compassion has to get developed and all that good stuff. So doing all of that, school full time, work full time, and I fall into a depression. 
-hmm. and don't even realize it. And the crazy thing is, on paper, everything looked great. Hazel got a great job. Hazel making good money. Um, not the best money, but making good money. Mm -hmm. And everything just looked good. But I was depressed and ended up um, getting uh, prescribed depression meds um, and found myself in therapy at that point. And then therapy is when the rainbow came. Right. And so that is when I started to understand more about things that were happening in my childhood, in my adolescent years why those things were taking place mm -hmm. um, understanding a little bit more as to how I express emotion and why um, and, and how to unlearn some of the things that I've learned mm -hmm. and how to not treat people based off of all the negative experiences that I've dealt with mm -hmm. how to not treat a guy based off of the negative relationships that I was in and out of and those relationships stem from a lack of a relationship with my father mm -hmm. so you know just learning and unlearning some things and then also drawing, drawing closer to God in the process um, that developed a passion that was already there that I didn't know was there I knew I liked teaching I knew I liked mentoring and helping people and serving but I didn't know that that was a burning passion and that passion ultimately led me to what I truly believe is my purpose and calling in life and that is what I'm doing now right so um yeah and it's been one amazing thing after another so after therapy um and I started actually activating those passions and listening to God and moving in the directions when he tells me to move mm -hmm. um, next thing you know I'm on the radio for a year being a co-host I'm being invited for speaking engagements to speak to singles and women and just all kinds of crazy stuff mm -hmm. um, I had a commercial going on for a while through my alma mater um, my blog had you know jumped off and this is like just all these things that just started happening these doors just started opening that I didn't even know it was like possible right. and I was never prepared for or equipped for it. It just kind of happened and right. then next thing you know because of all of that here comes Perfectly Imperfect Inc. See, and it's wow. still in the building phases but it's here. Right. So. Right. Yeah that is so dope. <laughs> like it's crazy and it's I feel kind of bad in a way because you my whole auntie I didn't even know you was going through all of this but now that you sharing this experience with me it's kind of like more motivating to the walk that I'm trying to take now yeah, you know so yeah. but now I want to ask you um more about the organization that mm -hmm. you started tell the audience about perfectly imperfect so like I said um earlier it is a, a platform for women um an organization that literally was birthed out of a series of blogs I had a blog site called Coco's Couch, Embracing and Empowering Perfectly Imperfect Women. And it was just messages that um, I felt God was placing on my heart to give to women. Some of these messages were off of experiences that I've had and things that I've learned along the way. Some of it was just stuff that I was dealing with right in the moment and, and seeking the inspiration for it and finding that inspiration for that particular issue, whatever the case may be. And so um, as I continue to learn to let God love on me in the way that he already does love us and started to embrace that for myself, I felt this outgrowth to, I guess, share it with others. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just got to a place 
that, hey, I'm jacked up. I'm flawed. And there are some things about me that I can change. And there are some things about me that is just the way that it is. And that's how God designed me. And I need to embrace those things. Period. And so... <laughs> You know, sometimes you hear people say, well, that's just that's just how I am. So, no, some things you can change about you for the betterment. But there are some things that, you know, God wants to use those things about you. I am bubbly, very bubbly. I cannot change that. That is part of my personality. That is who I am. And God used this bubbly, energetic person for his good. So even with the most extreme introvert, I can still pull something out from them um, based off of the energy that I bring. So I have learned to just basically be okay with myself. Mm -hmm. So with those messages, um, I just felt this sense that there was something more. Being called at different places around the state of Indiana and even outside of the state of Indiana to speak showed me that this is a need and lots of women need this stuff mm. and there's money with it and so while i wasn't really and i'm still not really doing it for the money but it was just like wow okay but guy you want me to you want me to develop this organization um to help reach more people mm -hmm. in that way so um part of that meant going to seminary school so I'm in seminary right now getting a Master's of Divinity and Marriage and Family Therapy degree so that I can have a therapy practice under Perfectly Imperfect Inc. to not only counsel women, but to counsel their entire family unit. Mm -hmm. um, so I, the goal with the therapy is to restore the family unit. Many of us come from broken homes and single parents and, and even in two-parent households where it's just absolutely chaotic and there has been some type of breakdown mm -hmm. in the family system and so i want to be able to help heal to that okay um and then there's workshops and a women's group and my blogging and social media presence and speaking engagements okay so yeah wonderful wonderful now wow that's very very dope I cannot wait till you um, get into practice. I'll probably sit in your chair a couple times myself, <laughs> you know, because you know I'm wacky. But So uh, my next question then is, like, what goals and expectations uh, do you have for um, Perfectly Imperfect? Like, what, what can we look forward to seeing in the future? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, right now, I have intentionally took a pause on workshops okay because I'm, a, I'm entering I'm doing field work right now for the Masters of Divinity program mm -hmm. so I'm getting some training and then <clears throat> excuse me um, for the major family therapy component I'll actually start my clinical work um, this summer okay. so it's just way too much right now to do those things so what is happening is a women's group that meets monthly called virtue um, and you can expect more blog posts right now upon my journey. Um, I have a preaching engagement coming up. Um, and I still accept some speaking engagements. I usually announce those via social media. Okay. Um, but and yeah. can you tell, uh, what, what is the name of your blog? Like, where can people it's, find it? Just go to hazelawrence.com. Okay. Thank you. That's Thank it. you. Yep. Yes. Hazelawrence.com. And you can find everything about Perfectly Imperfect there. Uh, the blogs are there. Um, 
And then I'm on Instagram at underscore Hazel Lawrence, Twitter at underscore Hazel Lawrence, Facebook Hazel Lawrence. Oh, <laughs> see, look, that's easy. That's catchy, too. Catchy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for yeah. coming today. I'm so proud of you. I, no, I'm proud of you, honey. <laughs> like, I needed that story today. That just gave me some chills. Oh, so just stay encouraged, man. Like, to any listener that's out there, male, female, just stay encouraged, uh, stay focused, stay in the fight. Know that you were created on purpose with purpose. So nothing um, that you are going through in this season is without purpose. And it will, I promise you, come together and work for your good. Just stay focused and stay the course. Amen. Well, thank you, you guys, for tuning in. That was Hazel Owens. Make sure you guys check out her blog site at hazelowens.com. And I will um, be posting more episodes for you guys periodically, hopefully every day. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Peace. Hey, go Raya. It's your birthday. Go Raya. It's your birthday. Go Raya. It's your birthday. We got Raya in the house. Naraya in the house. What day is today? Tuesday. I said, what's the day? Tuesday. Because we got Raya here on a Tuesday. And we rapping because we do this shit every day. This is my podcast. And you know they call me Queen Quay. Gonna listen to me subscribing on iTunes. And you can get me on Google. What's today? I said, what's today? Tuesday. I said, what's today? Tuesday. What is today, Raya? Tuesday. What is today, Raya? Ha 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 ha.